Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, May 19th, 2019. Our text for this Sunday comes from Revelation, the 21st chapter, verses 1 through 6, which are as follows. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. We're going to have a little fun today. I started with y'all, now I'm going to go with the choir. Choir, come have a seat out in the choir, in the crowd, please. Come on. Come on. Anybody up here wants to go sit out, can go sit out. Just don't sit in the last six rows. I'm still here for five weeks. Get up here, all right? That's why God called you to be a junior high teacher. There's a reason why I invited y'all to do this. Well, I invited y'all, I told y'all, is this. There is something going on in our world today that only the church can resolve. And it is something that we laugh about and we joke about, but it's 100% operating to our detriment. And that is our inability to wrap our minds and our hearts around the idea that things must change. Things are always changing. Show of hands. How many of y'all had to move out of the back six rows because that's where you normally sit? How many of y'all had to move? All right, now think about this for a minute. All right, think about this, and I've done this before. Think about this. It's kind of weird to sit in a different place than you normally sit, right? Yeah. Now, here's the deal. For the kingdom of God to grow, for churches to grow, for us to expand our ministries means people who are currently not part of the church have to change their entire lives, right? And yet we complain about moving pews. We have trouble moving our seats in God's own house, and yet we wonder why people won't change their entire lives to follow Jesus. Anyone want to argue with me on this one? How many of you going, well, I can't wait till June 23rd where I can sit where I want. He won't yell at me. But think about it, seriously. There's a lot of hand wringing. There are a lot of politicians of all stripes raising money and increasing people's anxieties based off of 
what the church needs or needs not to do. And yet we get caught up in this. This week I had a fun exchange with my friend Brady Whitten. Brady is the pastor at First Methodist Baton Rouge. And they just ripped out all the pews in their, major, in their main sanctuary and they're doing a complete floor-to-ceiling remodel of that beautiful building. I can't imagine what Brady went through to see that happen. But yet we worship so often in churches and in mindsets where we won't change a darn thing. And then we wonder why nothing ever changes. And I bring all that up not as a lecture, but to kind of get you into where we are with Revelation this week. We're in the 21st chapter. We're in the 21st chapter of Revelation. And it's this fun thing about John's Revelation It's very important for us to never forget. It's one revelation, and it is a picture of the glory of God. And the reason we bring up the idea of changing seats, changing pews, changing lifestyles is because right here in the book, what did Jesus tell John? Then, a, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. For the first earth and the first heaven had passed away. How many of y'all, actually scratch it, how many of us are absolutely passionate about things that are temporal, things of this world? How many of us are passionate about our money? How many of us are passionate about our prestige? How many of us are passionate about our pews? How many of us are passionate about how a sanctuary looks or doesn't look? How many of us are passionate about the political systems of this world. How many of us have had our passion stoked more by Rachel Maddow or Sean Hannity than we have the grace of Jesus Christ this week? One verse says it's all going away. One verse says it's all going away. So, my friends, we can look at this one of two ways. We can look at it as a castigation about our obsession with all the things of the temporal world. But I think you all are smart enough to figure that out. Even those who try to measure church by temporal standards. It's funny, you'll hear people say, well, was it a good crowd? Well, what's a good crowd? We worship a God who left the 99 to find the one, and we think that if there aren't a certain number of people here, it wasn't a good crowd. It says more about us than about God. We go on, and, but Jesus doesn't just leave us here. He goes on, he says, And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This is another thing we must remember, brothers and sisters. The kingdom of God is God's work, not ours. 
Now we are called to be participants, yes. We are called to be disciples, yes. We are called to grow the kingdom, yes. But it is not our work, it is God's work. And that's what's so crucial for us to never forget. How many times do we find ourselves in the midst of angst within our church for stuff that has nothing to do with anything but the temporal? And yet this new reality that will come about when heaven and earth are washed away. That new reality is not something we dream up. It is not something we make. It is not something we control. It is God's work. How much would our lives change if we allowed ourselves to participate in God's work rather than trying to make our own work that we hope is good for God? See, the home of God is among the mortals. He will dwell with them as their God, and they will be His peoples, and God Himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. What is it that we're holding on to? What is it within our hearts, within our minds, within our souls that we have allowed to physically, mentally, emotionally, or psychologically paralyze us to the point that we're merely existing. Even here, death will be no more, mourning and crying and pain will be no more for the first things have passed away. One of the challenges of being a faithful Christian is accepting that we live a life of faith. As we remember from the book of Hebrews, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. Right? But even then, we focus so much on what we have lost so often that we miss what is coming. Have you ever met someone who died 25 years ago, they just don't know it? Seriously, you know those people for whom something has happened that is so traumatic, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, that they died 25, 30, or 50 years ago. I say that not to diminish grief at all. In fact, I think one of the most, well, I can't say that, but one of the most unfortunate things, and you probably won't hear this to your face, but you'll hear people behind your back say, well, I don't know why they don't just get over that. You ever had that issue? You ever know someone with that issue? Rather than minimizing things by saying what we should get over, maybe we should start looking at our faith as a way to move forward. Not to get over, because who we are is made up a lot by what we've experienced. But so often we focus on scarcity, going back to our politics. 
A lot of times our voting is based off of what's in our best interest. We operate from an attitude of scarcity, which is one reason why I get so mad. Well, we try to measure things strictly by numbers. Because God doesn't understand just. God doesn't understand only. God doesn't understand any of the rest of that. Because there's a change coming, friends. We got death will be no more. Then here's verse 5. Listen. And the one who was seated on the throne, that is Jesus, and the one seated on the throne says, See, I am making all things new. I am making all things new. That's why the title of this message is Quit Keeping Score. Because the stuff that we treasure today is not really that big a deal at all. Because we worship a God who makes all things new. We worship a God who made everything out of nothing. We worship a God who came, who lived, who died, who rose again. And by that very act alone, making all things new, because we are His new creation, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And when Jesus comes again in glory, we worship a God who makes all things new. Hey, look at the Apostles' Creed. I asked the class on Wednesday night, why does Pontius Pilate get a mention in the Apostles' Creed? He's just a mid-level bureaucratic politician. Well, you notice in the Apostles' Creed that Jesus submitted himself to the worldly authorities, which is why Pilate's in there. And then not before the sentence is over in the Apostles' Creed, on the third day he rose from the dead. Jesus Christ himself showed by his resurrection he makes all things new. Because up until then, once you was dead, you was dead. Period. Also the one on the throne said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, I, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. My friends, quit keeping score. Quit keeping, quit keeping score in your heart. Quit keeping score in your mind. Quit keeping score at church. Quit keeping score in society. Quit keeping score of all the temporal things of this world. Because the things of this world are not what define us. For the God that we worship, the Christ who sustains us, says, I am making all things new. Let us be people who instead of fighting change, instead of fighting so hard for the things that don't matter, let us be people who embrace all things new because we worship a God who makes all things new. Now I'm not saying just change to make change's sake. But I'm saying, let's keep track of what's really going on. 
Now let's ask ourselves, what is it that we may not be allowing God to do because we are so stuck and nothing being new? What is it, my friends, that God may be doing in your life? And that simply by, quit, by quitting keeping score might be opened up to us. He says, Behold, I make all things new. May it be so for us. And may we embrace that all things are new. Because you can worship God even in a different seat. You can worship God even in a different pew. And we worship a God who makes all things new. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Ritter, Louisiana. You may find out more about our ministries by visiting our website, fumcderitter.org. Thank you and have a great day.